1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details.
2: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi everybody, welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Friday, August 6th. The Yankees are rolling again. They have won eight of their last ten. They won the first game against the Seattle Mariners, start of a four-game series. They did it with, you know what my favorite is, the three-run homer, because three-run homers win ball games. It was Joey Gallo who got the job done in the seventh inning. His first big game, first big hit as a Yankee. I will be very clear about this. It is not his Yankees moment, okay? Yankee moments happen in October, it might be the moment that Joey Gallo relaxes a little bit and gets to breathe and not feel the pressure of playing for the Yankees as much uh, because he had gotten off to a pretty bad start. He was two for 23, 10 strikeouts, uh, had not hit a home run yet. So he gets to relax a little bit, having a big game, having a big game in front of the home crowd, in which he got a curtain call, by the way, after a three-run homer, Um that is actually quite unusual at new Yankee Stadium. Um, probably just the way I've had this discussion with people very recently, actually, about how the stadium isn't built for the same sound as it used to be. Um, it's spread out over a larger area and holds fewer people. Acoustically, it can never, ever replicate old Yankee Stadium. So that swell of of applause that usually pushed a player out of the dugout after a big home run, it doesn't get quite as loud. Uh, And on Thursday night, there were 33,000 people in the seats. Uh, Sometimes that can feel pretty loud. And given where we came from a short while ago, uh, every crowd of 20 or 30,000 just really feels very big again, right? So um, I thought that was kind of interesting that the, the new guy got himself a curtain call, which... Again, they're kind of infrequent, and you know listen lately, the Yankees haven't been hitting a lot of those big home runs and winning a lot of games, but uh even in the last you know in the last you know ten twelve years this stadium has been up uh was uh, yeah twelve years now that's um it's not a, 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 a common occurrence anymore. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But the Gallo and Rizzo show is officially underway. Anthony Rizzo has been spectacular. And even in a game when he goes 0-4, he makes a couple of nice plays picking balls out of the dirt at first base and showing you how many different ways he can impact a game. Uh, earlier in the week in the Baltimore series, you know the, the game he had against Matt Harvey was pretty phenomenal. Uh, the bat he had against Matt Harvey. Um, and he's becoming a fan favorite. I mean, this guy is drawing applause. You know, he hit, on Thursday night, he hit three fly balls. They were all routine fly balls. One of them was fairly deep, but not really. Um, Three fairly routine fly balls, and the crowd is so energized by Anthony Rizzo that right off the bat, the crowd went crazy because they thought it was gonna be another home run. Okay, he's hit three in his first week with the Yankees, and that's fantastic. He's done everything he needs to do, and we're already hearing talk about, oh, can the Yankees keep him long term? You know, let's leave that talk for later on. Um there are a few more immediate things you need to worry about. And the Yankees have to get through this stretch, which they're doing okay right now. They won eight of their last ten, and that's coming off of a stretch. It puts them it puts them thirteen and six since the All Star break, which is fine, which is good. Remember, four of those losses are to the Red Sox, and and those kind of hurt. But remember that the first nine games out of the break, the five and four mark that they uh, went through, well, those are um, those are the games that they. Uh, came out of the break with a big COVID issue and lost Judge, lost Urshela right away. And and Urshela is down again with a hamstring. So they're not fully healthy yet. And even as they got uh, Judge back, uh, this latest round of of COVID issues has attacked the pitching staff and the starting rotation. And 60% of your rotation is gone with Herman dealing with a shoulder issue and Montgomery and Cole down with COVID issues. So Um, we are in a state now where the Yankees haven't been whole since the All-Star break— and they're thirteen and six since then. A lot of it uh, is as uh, absolutely a part of the schedule because they played the Orioles. Uh, they're playing Seattle now, which has a pretty good record, but they're not a very good offensive team this year. Uh, they're going to play the Royals next week. However, the Royals just took two out of three from the Chicago White Sox, so um, it's a you know it's time when anything can happen here. You know that for sure. But the Yankees definitely got a little bit of a softer part of the schedule. The three game sweep in Miami right before the Orioles. Series, they're going to see the Royals, and then after the White Sox and Red Sox uh, in back-to-back series, they'll see the Twins. Um, so there's a there's a chance to you know make some make up some ground here, and obviously every game is important for the Yankees. But they're managing to get through this when their their roster isn't whole, and I understand injuries are a big part of it too. But um, you know that every team deals with. Uh, but the Yankees are getting. The Yankees are getting crushed by their by losing their stars. They lost Aaron Judge for 9 games. Now they lost Garrett Cole for what? I don't know, two turns through the rotation maybe. Um these are these were the reasons why the Yankees were even in this race. Remember, remember the first halves that Judge had, that Cole had. Uh these were the guys that helped carry the team that was underperforming. So when you're playing this month now after the All-Star break and are, are without both of them for pretty significant periods of time. And, you know, when you're only at, when you only have 50 something games left, you lose somebody for nine games, you know, that, that matters. So, uh, that's where the Yankees are right now. And they're showing you that they have enough talent to beat kind of the also-rans, And maybe they're not as good enough yet to, uh, to, beat the big guys, but guess what? They're right there with the big guys. And as I mentioned to you before, the East the teams in the East are the only ones they've really struggled with because they've won series against Houston and the White Sox, the two other division leaders. They've won series against Oakland, against Cleveland, the other you know, against Seattle, the other wild card contending teams. They've struggled in their own division. Um, so I don't know if that says a lot about just who the Yankees are or how good their division is. But now you see Boston sliding back down a little bit and you've seen them outside. You know, the, they lost five of the first six games to Tampa Bay, but then played them pretty well. Don't see the rays again until the final three games of the season. So it's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching and jockeying back and forth, but the Yankees open play on Friday. They are less than six games behind everybody. They are five and a half behind Tampa Bay. They're four behind Boston who holds first wild card. They're a game and a half behind Oakland. Um, for second wild card. So by the time this weekend is over, the Yankees could find themselves in a playoff position and obviously a long ways to go. And they have to hold everybody off and, and keep playing well. So it happens when you win at a, 8 out of 10 and the other teams go on a little bit of a losing streak. The Mariners played very well against the Rays. They beat them 6 out of 7 times this year and the Yankees have played very well against the Mariners. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to this. You know, Boston took a hit. Are they sliding back? Are they finally getting to the... Is what... Everybody thought was going to happen to them as the season went on. Finally, happening in August, September, or is it just a cold streak that they will, um, you know, find their way out of because they have been a good team for the first hundred games this year. That's kind of what we wait and see, and it's it's the fun part of this uh, last couple of months of the season. But the Yankees are riding the Gallo and Rizzo show, and um, hoping that the rest of the guys come back. You've seen some glimpses from DJ LeMahieu again, who had a really bad month in July. He had the worst his worst month of the season. Remember when we thought that LeMahieu had snapped out of it and was coming back to life? Well, he had uh, a worse July than he did in April or May. So the mystery of DJ LeMahieu continues. Gleyber Torres finding his way out of it a little bit, but still waiting for that major hot streak like you saw with Torres, you know, a couple of years ago when he was one of the top players on the team and the top players in the league. Um, but the, the length of the lineup is, is certainly um, showing again. However, without Urshela, without Sanchez, who's now on the COVID IL, uh, they have some issues again. And the Yankees are going to try to figure out how to get through this. And for again, they're ten games over 500 entering play on Friday, and they have a a strength a stretcher, as I said, where they're just not having they're not just missing players, they're missing their best players, and that's a hard thing to do. And as I've mentioned many times, a quote from John Daniels, the uh, uh, general manager of the Rangers for several years, and uh, you know, still Rangers executive. Uh, he said a uh, long time ago, I'll never forget it, he said, there is no contingency plan for your best players. And that's a hard thing to come to grips with when you're playing a sports season, uh, when you think that it should be a next man up and everybody steps up. But if you lose your best players, you're not replacing them with equal caliber players ever. It just, You're just really not. So... Um, you have to have a lot of different things happen uh, the right way and fall into place. But if you lose an Aaron Judge, you're not replacing him with Aaron Judge. If you lose a Garrett Cole, you're not replacing him with Garrett Cole. So you're going to have to figure this out a little bit. And uh, right now the Yankees are fortunate that they're in a good part of the schedule and some of the other guys are stepping up. Their trade deadline things um, worked out, at least offensively, in the short term here with Rizzo and Gallo. And this is the the home part is where we're finding it to be true, right? Uh, Gallo's home run is a Yankee Stadium home run. And we're seeing the nature of having Rizzo and Gallo and a couple of extra left-handed bats in the lineup finally making a difference. And the Yankees weren't against it. It was just harder to acquire them. And as they went for just um, choices of of a particular player at each position, all of a sudden they ended up very right-handed. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't by design, uh, for sure. But as you saw the options at a particular position line up for you, they ended up being more right-handed than anybody would have liked. Well, now they're a little more left-handed. They resemble a little bit more of a Yankees lineup that you're used to seeing with left-handed power sprinkled in. And, uh, we'll see if this is enough to get them through. A couple of things to think about as far as um, what jumped out to me on Thursday night, the three-run homer by Joey Gallo, that's what the Yankees have been missing, is home runs with men on base. You know, For all the hand-wringing about, they don't play enough small ball. They've been playing too much small ball. You know, they, They've been scoring runs on sacrifice flies, scoring single runs here and there. What they don't do enough is get extra base hits with men on base. Doubles and home runs. Uh, They are nowhere near the top of the league in either category. Actually, near the bottom of the league in doubles. And they're starting to move up the chain a little bit there uh, the last week with what they've been doing. Gallo hit two doubles on Thursday night before his big home run. But here's a little context for you about hitting home runs with men on base. Okay, And how bad the Yankees have been at it this year. In 2020, last year in a 60-game season, the Yankees hit 44 home runs with men on base in 60 games. Last night's homer was their 45th home run. Just one more than all of last season, and it was their 108th game. 45 home runs with men on base in 108 games. All the others, solo shots. Um, that's, that's the, solo shots are the equivalent of small ball. Where you're putting up one run at a time. So home runs with men on base make a big difference. That's why I say it all the time: three run homers win ball games, uh, and Gallows certainly did on Thursday night. The uh, bullpen situation, you know, Chad Green gave up a home run, and it feels like he's been beaten by that a lot this year. It's actually more pretty much in line with his career averages. His career average is about one point uh, three home runs per nine innings. That's where he is this year. Um, it's just you know his eighth home run. Uh, feels like a lot. Some of them have been in really big spots and obviously you know that there have been uh, walk-offs, um, a couple of them, uh, in in closing situations and obviously when you have a guy who comes in in the high leverage spots like that, tie games or one-run leads, you give up a home run it's going to stand out and, and might cause you to lose a ball game. Uh, the Yankees did not lose last night's game, uh, but Chad Green has been giving up home runs. It's actually not that out of line with this career average. The guy who is uh, beyond his career average, is a as Chapman, who is, you know, he hasn't blown any lately, but he comes achingly close sometimes. You know, he's kind of teetering on the edge, and uh, he kind of comes back to that that dominance with a big strikeout, or uh, but you also see a pitch get away where he just, you know, he yanks one into the ground or he lets one fly over the catcher's mitt wild. Um, there's a lot of those getting away too. So I still think there's some grip issues with Chapman um, that could be affecting that. But he is gaining confidence with every save. Hasn't blown one in a little while. But his home runs this year, and I know he didn't give up one last night. He almost gave up a three-run homer to Haniger in the final uh, batter of the game. Uh, but it was hauled in at the warning track right in front of the fence. Uh, Chapman's career home runs per nine innings, a lot lower than greens, 0.5. But this year, it's almost triple that. Uh, the last two years, almost triple. So he is having... Now, last year, you could say it was about the ball. This year, it's not about the ball, uh, as we know. But it's certainly a worry. And because he has given a big postseason home runs... The farther you get into this season, the more you're going to worry about a role as Chapman, no matter how dominant he is uh, between now and then. Um, The fact that he struggled so badly at one point this year and the fact that he's given up big postseason home runs the last couple of years, that's going to be in your mind. It, It doesn't go away, and that's something that he's going to have to fight, and there's only one way to erase it and we'll see if he can get there. You know what that is. That's uh, being the last team standing and getting those last outs. So we'll see uh, how that works. The, um, uh, it's still a little dicey with Chapman. Jonathan LeWisek goes even warming up uh, in the ninth inning on Thursday in case Chapman had gone too far 30 pitches uh, into the game he finally uh, he finally got the last out and uh, didn't need to use lose, Loisaga lose Lewis- but the Yankees are kind of still searching for it with their pitching because of the COVID issues and the injury issues and we'll see if they can manage to get through this next stretch here they don't have another off day coming for another week until after the Field of Dreams game which is coming up On Thursday, August 12th, and for those of you who listen to 30 with Murdy, special treat next week. Next week, a conversation with Phil Alden Robinson. He is the director of Field of Dreams, and I'll talk to him uh, as we lead up to the Yankees and White Sox in the Field of Dreams games on Thursday. So head to Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to 30 with Murdy, and you'll get the conversation with Phil Robinson, Field of Dreams director, delivered to you next week when it posts. And of course, you get these conversations here. My Yankees reports, Ed Coleman's Mets reports delivered to you on the WFAN Baseball Insiders podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe and review and all that jazz. And until next time, I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening.